Welcome back, riders, to the Ride Podcast. We have a very special night ahead of us today. We got Jack Colgrave. Um, me and Ty were just randomly doing this podcast, and uh, he just he just appeared. Like he just, got the Zoom code somehow, and yeah. It's like those. Uh, did you guys ever hear that story of like it was like a university down in like somewhere in Central America, like like I don't know the middle of the United States of America. I think like Ohio or something like that. I could be wrong. But like they just had some random people come on and just like flash their junk and like a university <laughs> and like a university meeting, um, which let me preface. I'm currently not doing. I'm just chilling here in my <laughs> for all you audio listeners out there. That's not happening currently. But I did the our our infill plans were the same. Like I yeah, I got this random Zoom code from this random anonymous source and they were like, come join our podcast. And I was like, here, here I am. Did you ever do the neighbor thing where you like call your next door neighbor on your number or whatever? No, No. I did. I got it. But like, that's just too weird for me. I'm not into those huge social media trends. I think the last one I did was the, uh, the, I think the, the cold water challenge. I think the cinnamon challenge. No, um, way back when I like, I was like 13 years old in my pajamas living in, um, vancouver island bc um Ooh, cold. cold 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 yeah and like middle of winter and i'm like we're gonna go jump into the ocean guys and yeah, dude I, canadians they're built different i love canadians <laughs> man I yeah well guys. good thing you got me here no it's it's funny because we do like to separate ourselves from americans but in all honesty we're not that different like yeah a, a, there's maybe a couple different things that we say um we watch your guys's television a lot more than you watch ours. Mm-hmm. Other than that, though, there's nothing different. I so. mean, yeah. to me, most Canadians just seem like uh, like Wisconsin folk. That's like that's my picture in my mind. What like the typical Canadian is like. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. Where I was going with that. I, I don't. I've never met Wisconsin, <laughs> so I'll take your word for it. Any, anyone from like that, like Midwest, like I, I don't know. What, what would you call that, Ty? That like North Dakota. Midwest. Midwest, yeah. Midwest, okay. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Even though it's funny because it's actually not really like the West. It's, it's more like, like Mid East. Like middle like. America. Middle. I don't, I don't know anything about the United States. Man. It's like Middle Earth from Lord of the Rings. There's Middle America, that there is rest of America. <laughs> yeah, for honestly, dude, for us, it's like I mean, this is my perspective as a Californian. It's like California, Florida, New York, and some stuff in between. Yeah. <laughs> and tech Texas. Texas. Honestly. That, that, that me and my dad were talking about um about the u.s and it's crazy how like because i mean the u.s people in the u.s and like how we're taught growing up we're kind of like secluded from the rest of the world we're kind of like oh, made yeah. out to think that we're better than everybody which like <laughs> as like me and nico like no like we're definitely not but no, we're like not. it's crazy to think that california is like the size it could be the size of like four or five different countries on another side of the the, um, the world mm-hmm. like, yeah what, what the heck I it's yeah. yeah you guys you guys are different out there for sure um so what I'll, I'll, be so I'll be like what brought you to Canada like, what brought honestly. me to Canada well being born here well being born here was a big one um yeah yeah I I've That's lived nice I've well you know like basically like how he was doing like just scrolling random zoom codes like you know how he had like that that paper and he was just kind of like typing in yeah. random stuff and was like hoping it works that was kind of like like the birth of, of um, my, my guy, Jack will be here. He just kind of was like, Oh, I'm here. You know, yeah. it's just, 
Yeah, I was. Ba- <laughs> it was basically like I. It was kind of like Minecraft, I guess. Like I was. I was just about to say <laughs> a was, random spawn. I was procedurally generated into some random <laughs> spot in Canada. You didn't know. You didn't put any seeds. No, no, not at all. I was just like just birth, and then flow. like it was like boom, you're in the of Vancouver Island. It wasn't like a. Uh, it wasn't like like a like a where are we dropping boys kind of situation. Yeah, we're, no, 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 no tilted towers kind of stuff. It was yeah. it was just straight like I'm close oh, my man. eyes and I'm just hoping for the best. <laughs> so That's tell tough. us a little about yourself about yourself jack uh what are your interests in life and stuff like that um interests i'm a i'm a musician at heart um i love music um it's always been a passion of mine um podcasting um really no I, way no dude crazy right um we do this podcast with my buddy hector called the nerdology podcast um, you have a podcast yeah dang bro i gotta get on this news to us um dude we should have you on the podcast like you should honestly like release release the release the nerdology cut um yeah for sure and yeah and so those are those are kind of my main hobbies i'd say i I like that i like being outdoors a lot um yeah i but music is music's my big one for sure music your profession or is that more is that still you're just it's it's a it's a hot i i do um busking street performing in the summertime really i I have a license for that i'll do that in the summertime kind of make a little make a little extra moolah on the side but it's strictly a hobby because being a musician is it's it's tough now man like the music Mm -hmm. industry especially this day and age is it's tough like there's there's not a lot of room to make money. I'm sure Hector could tell you about that. He's released a lot more albums than I have. Um, but yeah, he, I can, so yeah, you're, you're, you're also a writer then. Yes. I write music. Yep. Never. Awesome. I I'm planning to release stuff. Um, I have a buddy of mine who's like, he's got recording software. And so he, me and him are, I've, I've written a couple, a bunch of songs and stuff I've written since I was about in, uh, I guess high school was when I really started writing. Nice. um so that was yes i i've i've always written and play i i play covers as well i'm not ashamed to admit that i play covers hey you know what though i think no, that I covers that. are i prefer some covers over the actual version sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i i respect them i like them. i like covers. do you feel that your artistic expression is often limited by um like how you feel people will perceive it I know that was super deep. Holy cow! Care. Three bourbons <laughs> in, and he's getting into the deep questions. Dude, okay. my man, my man's really pulled out the dictionary. Okay, I, um, I've been chugging on. I've been sipping on some Elijah Craig. Okay, Elijah um, so Elijah Craig. Some. So the question is: Does my artistic expression feel? Sorry, repeat that question one more time, just so I can does, fathom it. Does your artistic expression feel limited due to how you think people perceive your art? Like, do you feel that? Uh, you only play a certain type of music, for example, because only p- people only listen to it. Um, that's a honestly, that's a great question. No and yes, I, I think it's all the scenario that you're in. Um, mm-hmm. uh, music and any performing art is tailoring towards your audience. Of course, what it's because it's it's very much um, you have to engage your audience. You have to so mm-hmm. play enough, and you will figure out what is. Um, what is liked and well received and what isn't, but does my artistic expression feel limited? No, it doesn't because uh, every, every time I play is different. Um, so I don't think it's limited as much as it is. Like you have to be a little bit more specific. Uh-huh. Um, 
it, there is definitely songs I would like to play more that I can't play. That is something that I will say that is hard with uh, original music that I've written. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not what people want to hear. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny because people say that they will want to hear it, but then they pay no attention to it. Yeah. And then you'll play a song because it unfortunately the sad truth is with a lot of listening audiences today when it comes to live music, people want to hear what they like and what they know, right? They want to be able to sing along with it. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you just kind of have to find, I guess you have to find the room for your artistic expression. You just mm-hmm. got to find the right crowd. I feel it. I, you know, for me, I asked that question because for me, when it came to my own artistic expression through food, I had a hard time um, trying to relate to people with it because a, a lot of people don't consider food as an art form. Or, I do. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Or it's or it's the people that do only see it uh, for its trending aspect, or it's it's um, it's a uh, how like viral foods and whatnot, and uh, it's been hard to connect with people at times about my passion for this thing because I can feed you, you know, you know certain dishes or you know things I'm working on stuff like that, but um, and you know you may enjoy it, but to to relate to it and experience it to the level that I would like people to really feel it at is kind of difficult at times. And uh, I I think that's a struggle with uh, artists of uh, all, all creeds. For sure. I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board with what you're saying there. And I think that especially is something that I've been really, really trying to like um, get a little bit more in touch with. I'm going to sound super weird and like far out right now, but um, yeah, in COVID, I've played a couple um, online like Zoom concerts. Really? Yeah, which are super, super weird. I would um, especially because like like I said, music is a very audience centric mm-hmm. performing art. Yeah. And so, I don't know why I keep burping. Um, and and so like, you know, you gauge your performance, like what you're going to play, what you're not going to play. Is it going to be a slower song? Is it going to be a faster song based off your audience? But when your audience is literally just people on a screen, just like kind of silently clapping, very, 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 very hard. Yeah. Um, and it's so kind of... go ahead, Ty. No, yeah. It's kind of like, um, like I think of performers like, like uh, comedians or like musicians um, who, who made a living off of concerts and stuff. When you have to do like these Zoom concerts, it is a different aspect because I was listening to a comedian um, who recently just started doing in-person concerts again or sorry mm-hmm. or, um shows and that was one of the things he had mentioned was just like like every once in a while you'd hear like that one person who would just like unmute and be like i don't know it's just some comedy thing and you're yeah. just like well like now i just heard you and everybody heard you like yeah you know so it is definitely different it's it's completely different and so the thing that i've been kind of trying to focus on this is where i'm going to sound really super weird and far out is kind of the it, it's very easy in music and i think in any sort of um, hobby or art form to just kind of like view it as just sort of like a passive thing where it's like I'm mm-hmm. I'm really trying to get in touch with kind of more the like you know if I'm on stage and there's like I'm not singing it's just sort of like an instrument break or I'm trying to kind of solo or something like that I want to stay in sort of the in the zone where it's just me and my guitar and mm-hmm. it's like I, I'm not thinking about like oh what am I going to make for breakfast tomorrow or something like that like it's mm-hmm. like I very much want to stay like there is a, there is another sort of like I think with any art form and for me I find with music there is sort of like a spiritual aspect going on mm-hmm. where it's like 
I'm sounding so weird right now. I'm so super <laughs> hippy dippy, but it's like, I'm going to roll with it because I yeah. like I, there's music has that power to motivate and to make you feel just like any sort of art form. Like I even believe that with food, like mm-hmm. it's something that I think like, um, like Ratatouille, do you remember Ratatouille? I just watched that. I literally I just the that. moment. Yeah. The moment where the food critic like picks up like mm-hmm. the food and he takes a bite and it sends it back to his childhood. Mm-hmm. That is real, man. Like we experience oh, yeah. that every day. Mm-hmm. And so I think like finding kind of that place similar to that is where I've really been trying to focus with my music. Yeah. It's not even like, okay. Like going back to that, you know, using a food for an example, that moment it's like, Oh, when you taste this dish, it doesn't even remind you of the, you're not thinking about how delicious the dish itself. It's going back to a, a place in, in time when you were happy. Nostalgia. It's like, for exactly. example, I made this like, I, I, what did I make? I made this like Jamaican dish the other day. And um, when I was eating it, it's like, for some reason, I started, think, I started thinking of roast chicken. I was like, why do I start thinking about roast chicken? But it brought me back to a time of like nostalgia. And uh, that's at that point, it's how much I enjoy that dish. It wasn't the food itself, but how it made me feel. Same thing with music, like music, you, you can really feel music. Yeah. Oh, it's only one, it's only one um, uh, sense, you know, your, your ability to hear. When you listen to that one song, when you're depressed or when you're hyped, like your whole body is like consumed into it. Exactly. Yeah, that's it's something that's uh, I agree with that Ty go ahead that's the one thing that I I I wanted to kind of touch on was just that that music is is really anything that's a hobby can be a passion for somebody and so mm-hmm. I think that you when you the, when you brought up Ratatouille that was exactly what I was thinking you see like Remy like when he would like basically tell his brother like no close your eyes feel the senses and you can feel like the colors basically because it it, it lights mm-hmm. something up in you that you're just like this is me and so when it comes to, to music, I've, I had that for a really long time. Um, it's, it's recently turned into more sports because <laughs> sports is like what I can nerd out and like really go hard into. Um, yeah. But th- there's not too many people who can. So when I am able to nerd out and go crazy about sports, it's like, it's like, oh, wow. If I can connect with somebody on that level, I'm there and we're, we're it's, it kind of lights up like a fire in you and you get excited. And I, I feel like that's really with everything. You surround yeah. yourself with people who like the same things as you and that's how you make friends you know art can be found in anything Fact. it's true no yep. printer no i i i 100 agree that there's it it's whatever moves you right like that is such a perfect analogy of like i always think of like when remy i don't know what we're talking about like I think Ratatouille is going to be like the focus, the illustration for everything in this podcast. Um, yeah. Like when he has the cheese and the strawberry and puts it and you just like the beautiful colors sparking behind him. Like, yeah, I, I, I so much think that is how it is with music and stuff like that, especially writing it. Mm-hmm. Um, because writing it, especially with a lot of songs, um, you do have to get personal on a level that you don't get with a lot of other people. Like, Mm-hmm. it's music is therapeutic is therapeutic for me in a way it it allows me to convey feelings that i wouldn't really be able to convey normally mm-hmm. um and so like you know and even just listening to it it's just like that ability well, to be able to just it, it expresses it for you in a way that you you couldn't do better yeah that that that's like why i i like it when people when they 
specifically with music and it, it does this with other things as well but specifically with music it can it has the power to move people to tears because of how music can be associated with another another thing for example mm-hmm. when it comes to writing like how you're saying um you do express it in a way that like it hits you personally and you don't know if other people are going to feel the same way but you just kind of throw it at the wall and if it sticks for certain people it does if it doesn't like it doesn't you know and that's why there's so many talented writers and i like that and that is why it is so scary to play original music because you if you're playing a piece that is close to your heart you're 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 just putting it out there and people are like no that's like what was that why would you play that like it 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 kills a part of you inside man like it hurts like it's it sucks and unfortunately i think i think that's very much become lost today unfortunately that sort of that that feeling that 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 spiritual tether towards any sort of art form let's just use music for an example here i think i i just think that it's not the same as it used to be i don't think people get it as much as they did back then like Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people are like they'll listen to music for just the beats Mm -hmm. or just the rhythm of it when they're not seeing the the aspect behind it right like the pain that the songwriter is trying to convey in the song or the joy that he's feeling like people are like, Oh, it just has like a good tune to it. It's like, what's beyond that though? Like dig deeper. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it's like, I, I very much lose people when I talk about music because that's where I lose them. Right. They're like, mm-hmm. it's got a good tune. And I'm like, but do you, do you understand that song's about depression? Right. And they're like, it's got <laughs> a good tune. And I'm like, okay. It's like, you know, yeah, you're saying Ty. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go ahead, Nico. I actually need a second to look this up for a second. Gotcha. For me, and man, you know, overall, with I feel I feel that same exact way with art, but especially with music and food too, because um, the thing that I struggle with is balance. Correct. Right. For me, when it came to music, I I feel the exact same way. I feel that a lot of people. I feel one one of the things I feel like is a lot of people try to relate to music that they in the, in the end just don't relate to like a lot of like gangster rap like a lot of people love to love to play it and love to listen to it and that's you know respect to that but no one a lot of people don't understand the meaning behind the lyric meaning behind the song itself and it's it's kind of um how do i put it i'll put it this way i am tired of things going viral in the sense that when things go viral Everything is just a surface layer about how cool it is, but no one ever goes deeper. And when it does go deeper, people, you know, the people that love to explore how the depth of that song don't have the kind of background to relate to it and to properly uh, have the proper viewpoint of of said song. You know what I mean? Or said art piece, for example. I, I I don't really know how to explain that in full, but um, that's how I feel, especially when it came to food. Yeah, it's no, that's that's a hundred. Like I totally get what you're saying. I'm pretty sure most of the listeners are going to get what you're saying. Um, it's it's just some connection that's been lost now. And I think of like what you're saying, like going going behind it, like what's behind that surface level, right? Like I think of um this band that I really like. They're Los Angeles natives. They're the, a band called Dawes, D A W E S. Um great musicians kind of they're los angeles natives they're like kind of like i guess more california-esque rock okay and they just released a new album and they have this 
a song in there called St. Augustine at Night, which is kind of about like growing up in this town in Florida, St. Augustine. Mm -hmm. um, and like kind of like life passing as it goes by. And in the bridge of their song, they just have this line that always just kind of haunted me. And I don't know why, but like, I just remember hearing it for the first time being like, that is freaking brilliant. Like it, the line, it goes like, the Lord must really love us common folk because he made so goddamn much. And I don't know why, but I was just like, that's just mind blowing. Like that just, mm. it, it conveys like so many different emotions in one sort of thing, like desperation like confusion and like and then the next line goes and if he just point the way to go if he could just start speaking up and like you know for us it's um we we kind of already have that sort of thing right like being you know religious people as is but like for people who aren't religious, just like but still kind of believe in that you know mm -hmm. the higher purpose like if he could just start speaking up like just that sense of purpose that people are like and it's just like just such a incredible line and like when you sit on it and you think about it it just makes it'll make I, I think this goes for we're always um for like food or anything as well if you just sit mm -hmm. on it if you would allow it to really sink into your heart especially when it comes to if you're reading a book or something like people will often blaze through a book or album or just they'll, or they'll just scarf down food like you know that's a problem with i'd say north america is we just like get it in get it over with Mm -hmm. But in like, you know, France and stuff like that, like France, like lunch is like a two hour long thing, right? Because they like to enjoy food. Like they, they like to let savor it sit. It. Yeah, savor, mm -hmm. right? And that's something that our, our society of here has no, no interest in doing is like mm -hmm. taking a minute, stop whatever you're doing and just think about it. Think Exactly. Think, think about think it. Of, like, think, like, just honestly think about what you're feeling when it's happening right mm -hmm. so that's some of my oh sorry yeah yeah go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead we keep we keep cutting tie off man this is dude, embarrassing dude, it is totally okay the amount of times that we've cut nico off in the podcast it's it's probably warranted at this point for me no, the um, hard this is why i struggle with zoom because i don't get those same social cues as i do when i'm in person even though we're seeing each other because we're yeah. doing it on camera but yeah you're saying no. tie it's all good um there there is a i don't remember what song it is um but there is this really really upbeat song and it's it's going back to earlier about how like much lyrics can mean is there is a i don't remember the exact name of the song i was trying to find it um but in the lyrics it's like very 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 upbeat in the lyrics he basically is saying like ah she, my like this woman left me and this is my problems and da 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 uh, but we're going to like basically shake it off. And like the chorus is just like so deep that you're just like we're listening to it and you realize these are the lyrics, but because it's in such a happy melody and in such a, such a, um, a vibrant tone, you don't get the vibes that, Oh, this is a sad song. So if you sit yeah. down and actually listen to the music and actually listen to the lyrics, you start to realize like, Oh shoot, this is not an actual happy song. And he even mentions it in the lyrics. And I was trying to fig figure it out and maybe writers who are listening if you guys know this, I apologize. And I, you guys are probably tearing your hair out trying to like tell me or maybe, I don't know. Say the song. Uh, like just say the song. It's the <laughs> song. No, uh, but like at the end of the song, I believe he mentioned something about like, yeah. And even the people listening to the song don't know the importance of the words behind it, but we're just going to, we're just going to laugh and, and, and dance in the end anyways. And it just continues on with that upbeat music. And it's true. Most people looked over this song and just didn't, 
get the full message. And I really wish I could find it. It's, it's really frustrating. Um, but, and I'll, I'll throw this, this lyric out. Cause there is one lyric that I thought was really hard. Um, and me and Jake talked about this a long time and a long time ago in a podcast, but I'm a big, or I used to be more so than I am now. Um, I used to be a big logic fan, um, the rapper logic. And I mean, I, I really like lyrical flow and, uh, uh, what's it called? What's, what's, what's the word that I'm looking for? Rhythm. I guess lyric rhythm, rhythm, but like, I guess, um, acronyms and like, maybe like just when people wordplay wordplay, I guess is the word wordplay. Yeah. Use. yeah. Okay. Um, and when they're trying to convey something about their lives. So logic has a lyric in a certain song. Um, and just to kind of like summarize it, I'll actually, I'll read the lyric first and I'll summarize how I interpreted it and how I appreciated the lyric. So he's, basically for background he's he's content he is calling out basically these different rappers who go and they try and make money and they're trying to live these lavish lifestyles and they're always iced out and drippy and this is this is his his viewpoint on it he says uh, daddy blew 20 million dollars he had to flex to be acknowledged he in the club throwing dollars and now can't afford to get me to college right so just that part right there it's it's true you see these rappers who are constantly working to flex and make their own money and they have these kids and baby mamas but how many of them are actually putting the money to get use and that's what logic is saying here and that's what i really like and then in the second half of this he says daddy just want to be loved just like everybody want to be accepted because everybody wants to be accepted um, but somehow he had neglected me and my mama for all of the game right so this he paints this story as like oh it's a dad, a family, a dad, a mom, son, and this whole family. And he's able to tailor it and make it like, oh, this is really what this is about. It's about the rap game. And I, that blows me away every single time I hear something like that. So that's, that's my, my little geek out moment. Sorry about that. <laughs> Very nice. So to completely derail or not derail, but to completely go against everything that I just said, I believed in. <laughs> here's my question for us and because this is something i think about a lot too in my own struggle to find the balance between uh how much people should care about my art and that's how much do we as artists how much do we have do we have to consider every how do i put this does everything have to be have have to have a deeper meaning and when can we just enjoy something for just itself not at all. I don't think everything has to have a, di- a, a deeper music can just be fun. I have no problem with music. Just be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does the problem lie? I think the problem lies when is you're getting too much into one side, right? Like, I think when you're like, you're like either trying to get too much into the meaning behind something, when I'm just speaking purely about music here, I can't speak yeah. for, maybe you can relate it to food later, but when it comes to like, you're trying too hard to get it to the lyrical meaning or something like that. Or mm-hmm. you're trying to like that. This is something when it comes to my songwriting process, I'm never, I never have a form. Like people often ask, how do you write songs? My answer is there isn't, there isn't, there's isn't a certain way to do it. You just, you will find your own groove to it. Like forcing yourself to write a song is when you start writing bad songs. Um, I find. And so it's like, you shouldn't force yourself to create a good rhythm or good melody or a good beat. Um, or create deeper lyrics or meaning behind it. Just, just, you know, when you start out, just let it flow, just let it come out naturally and edit it later. I usually will let songs sit for maybe a couple weeks and I'll think about it. I'm like, 
I got a better line than the one that I just wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to that, it's like, yeah, just finding that line, like um, a, a good example I can think of is, um, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever listened to uh, Dire Straits. Have you guys ever listened mm. to the Dire Straits? No. Sul- Sultans of Swing and stuff like that. They're, it's like an 80s rock band. Super, super great guitar playing. This, this song called uh, Money for Nothing. And it's literally just like he heard a guy complaining in a hardware store. Um, he was literally just complaining about like hearing this guy complain about how easy it is for at the time MTV was blowing up, right? Mm-hmm. And he was just like, he just heard this guy at a hardware store complaining about like, you know, mm-hmm. people do making you, on MTV. Yeah. Do you think convenience has anything to do with this decline of, of um, not artistic expression, but how do I put it? Like, do, do you think things have less value now because of how convenient and ac- accessible they are? So the way I've always explained it to people when it comes to the music world now is everybody is shouting, but nobody is listening. So, um, that's so good. Yeah. Um, the thing is, it's so easy now. Like I am in the four walls of my bedroom and this could be considered now a professional recording studio space because yeah. the equipment and the gear has become that much more accessible. Um, so anyone can make an, a professional album now. So the thing is back in like, I consider the most pivotal time late sixties, to I guess early 90s was probably the most pivotal time for music mm-hmm. when it came to um, advancements in technology and music, songwriting abilities, stuff like that. I believe without that period of years, we mm-hmm. wouldn't have all the stuff that we have now and musically wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing was, it was like there wasn't streaming platforms. It was you heard it on the radio and you went and bought the whole album on vinyl. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm the thing is with streaming people can now pick and choose what songs you like right they don't really get to know you as there was there was something i have tons of vinyl records like Mm -hmm. you know like i got the like i got all this stuff right and and the thing with when it comes to vinyl records or even cds is it forces you to listen to the it it, like yeah especially when it comes to like if there's this there there's a story in all the songs, like an interconnecting story. Mm-hmm. Like people usually just pick out songs they like and stuff. But like when you have vinyl or CDs, you have to listen to the whole thing and it gets you to really know the artist. Mm-hmm. But nowadays it's just, you can just, you can pick whatever you want, which isn't a bad thing sometimes, but unfortunately me in a way, music has become more accessible, which drowns the people that have a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. drowns them out in a sea of people who maybe just maybe are talented but just it it's not like as talented right like you won't find we mm-hmm. won't find the next michael jackson or the next elvis oh, Presley no. or something like yeah. that right like it's gonna be my belief is is that from 2010 to however long we go now are going to be the most forgettable period in music because yeah. they're because nothing because like i said everyone is shouting nobody's listening mm-hmm. nobody's going to remember anybody else going viral is such a fleeting moment of fame exactly mo- I feel most people are chasing viral being viral nowadays it, i kind of feel the same way about television or film because film or watching movies is so accessible now with streaming platforms that um 
things can get lost really easily. You know, we think about movies like, for example, um, okay, I hated this movie, if I'm being honest, but I, I think it was a very important movie for my people. <laughs> my people. Um, it right. was Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, um, I, I really yeah. like that movie, honestly. I oh, thought really? it was as well. I, I don't well, respect, like, respect. I'm not, I'm not like, I hope that's not racist or anything because I have no idea. Oh, like, I, I have, I, I have no idea if it's like, was that directed by like, like I just don't know. I, I just thought it was an enjoyable movie uh, for I what it was. it was directed by, I, I, don't, I was gonna say John Cho for some reason, but it's not directed by him. It was, uh, I just liked it for an enjoyable movie. I don't know if there was any sort of like undertones to it that I was missing or something, but I hope I really I, liked the storyline of that movie. I wouldn't have been cap <laughs> for me. So, so one second, uh, direct. It's all good. While he's looking that up, um, it, it made... yeah, that's right. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Nico. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, sorry to cut you in real quick, Ben. But um, you're good. So using that example of like virality, you know, originally I think, or I don't know if it was originally, but the comment was brought up of how come this was going to be put in theaters? Why couldn't it just be made in, on like Netflix? Because to me, it was a movie that could definitely just have been a Netflix movie, but. Um, one of the reasons why it was so important that it be in theaters is because it can't be just a Netflix movie that you just watch and you're done with it. It had to be something you go and see because of the social the social impact that it, it, it needed to have. Not to get into that whole part, but um, yeah, yeah, just with things like Netflix and Disney Plus, like these movies and these shows are great, but the they're too accessible at times or they're too there. So there's something about engaging with some in a movie theater or you know having to wait a whole week for the next episode or and you know finding the right channel for it um and having to watch through a whole series of other other shows to get to that one show that it makes it special yeah i will say that as something that the mcu has struggled with in the past i think they're starting to get away from it now is like every movie's got to connect to the next movie right like it's I, I think they're they're understanding that they had that problem. So it's it's getting less and less now. Mm-hmm. Um, I often hear the thing that movie theaters are going to become obsolete soon. I'm of the opinion that that will never happen. Me too. Be, because it, there's there will always like I can I can still so vividly picture going with my with my two cousins, Brennan and Blue. Um, if you listen to this, hi. Um, <laughs> and they and like we are we're in a theater in Toronto, Ontario, and we're going to see Endgame opening night. It is midnight. And we, we get in there and like I can still remember the rumble and the roar from the theater when Thor comes into Wakanda. Like, oh, you have the ticket stubs. Um, I, I can still remember that. Like there's an atmosphere that you can't capture at home. And that's why I'm like, theaters are never theaters are never going to go out because oh, there's wait. always there's always going to be movies that are made for theaters and are yeah. going to be that much more special in theaters there's a reason I, why quiet place too waited to come out this long yeah, yeah. Time? yeah no i was gonna i was just gonna mention on that part um this is something i've been sitting on for a while and i'm really glad that you mentioned this because i just didn't know how to bring it up as far as movie theaters go i don't think that they'll just disappear i do think that they'll rise in price though because at at yeah. a certain point, I think with all the streaming services that are coming out, HBO Max, Disney Plus, Netflix, all these, well, specifically HBO Max and Disney Plus, these are two companies that have had a easy, not an easy time, but have had a lot of success in their drops. So mm-hmm. I think that because movies, because a lot of 
companies that direct um like legacy or like whatever whoever's necessarily like so dropping the movies yeah they yeah. they a lot of their sales can come from movie theaters so i think that because now that they figured out oh well we don't really need ticket sales anymore like we can drop it here i think movie theaters won't get obsolete but movie theaters will have to ramp up their prices because people want that experience i'm with that yeah that makes sense um i don't see that happening though because a lot of because these movies they will put them to theaters before they put them on streaming services yeah um like netflix has a deal i think with hbo or Warner Brothers, something like that, where mm-hmm. it'll come out two at two years. It'll come to the Netflix two years after the movie comes out in theaters. Netflix and HBO. I, I, or maybe just Warner Brothers. I don't know. I, I have oh, to look yeah. again. I'm not too yeah. sure. Um, HBO has been in the game for a long. Netflix has been for a while too, but HBO is the original like pay for. Yeah, pay for- I remember. I remember people saying that Disney Plus was going to cripple Netflix, but no. never going to oh. happen because ne- Netflix will always get. Netflix, I'm glad, has kind of started to go towards their more original stuff, mm-hmm. um, which I am super glad about. Like, I've been a fan of their original stuff ever since Daredevil. Like, what oh a what a phenomenal! Like, I don't get a That's chance to talk movie. about it a lot, but that is the best definitive superhero anything I believe anything. since anything since Spider Man Two. I think that mm-hmm. show has been like when that sh- like I remember like. The, the like just the opening shot like the the opening five minutes where it's just where it's just matt murdoch sitting in a confessional booth mm-hmm. just like it, it just the dialogue man like oh it was the, just the dialogue the cinema <clears throat> one of the most beautiful things i here's my i love long takes and i love pans oh. i love keeping shots in frame and like that's why that's why i like taika white tv so much as a director and he's why he's my favorite at the moment Mm-hmm. And, and but um man the way daredevil was filmed one of the most just beautiful things i've seen i remember getting to episode three and the long take the first the first time i ever saw the long the long take hallway scene oh my god and i just remember being like i think i rewind it and watched it three times just on netflix and i was just like it mm-hmm. it was one of the most just one of the coolest things ever like i know movies like the raid and old boy had done it kind of oh, like yeah. yeah like it had oh, done it talking about those movies one of these days and oh, like it had done it it had done i mean it had done it probably arguably yeah. better than daredevil but daredevil brought it in with such like it felt so nice after we've seen movie after movie of captain america iron man mm-hmm. just barreling through goons like they're literally oh. just like pillow feathers like Mm -hmm. just swiping them as like you know it's like it was like a giant pillow fight for them and And then seeing dare yeah and then seeing like like towards the end of the fight you're seeing daredevil ragdoll himself at goons like he doesn't care about his form or anything like that he's just like i'm throwing my everything into the punch like and if this guy doesn't go down guess i'm doing it again and you could see him get tired too man that's the thing i love that first shot because it showed it doesn't show us the whole fight it you know, because they go, it stays in the hallway and they go into different rooms when they get thrown around. Yeah. But in that entire time too, it's like the difference between that and like a, a Captain America movie, you really feel like you're in that hallway. And mm-hmm. those guys are actually fighting and they are actually getting tired. The, the stakes are real because it's like, yeah, you understand that like, okay, as Daredevil gets more tired, it's like, he's going to, his defense is going to be more and more down. Whereas like with Captain America, it's like, he's got the bulletproof shield, like no bullets are going to hurt him or anything like that. Like when it comes yeah. to regular goons, it's just eye candy. But like 
there is literal like i like i felt tense every time daredevil went in to like fight goons because it was like he's just some guy man like mm-hmm. he's just some blind guy who can hear really good and just use his senses like we can yeah. and so yeah and i love like they were so creative the director matt shackman Mm-hmm. on the show he was so creative with so how they would do it is so for when he went into the first room mm-hmm. um they're like kind of like the intro to it like when he was walking he put his hand against yeah. the door he busts into the room we don't see what's going on in that room yeah and then he busts out so in that room there was a stunt double in there really? oh he didn't do his own stunts he did he did so what would happen Ooh. is when he busts out that's the stunt double busting out and oh, when okay. and basically the hallway it's in a real place it's just it was one giant set so he'd go oh, into the room, Charlie Cox, he'd go around to the second room. And when they wow. disappear into the second room, Charlie Cox then comes out and replaces him for the end of the fight, because that's a lot of monotonous fighting for one guy, right? Yeah. So you're seeing like the stunt double was in one room and then he'd pop mm-hmm. out into the hallway. And then as the uh-huh. stunt double went to the next room and Daredevil comes out again, it's actually Charlie mm-hmm. Cox, which is super innovative and cool. And mm-hmm. I'm so, I was, I, I wanted to kill somebody when they canceled that show. But at the same time, too, I think it ended at a good place. I mean, they left the, with the whole uh, bullseye cliffhanger. Yeah. But I, I, for me, yeah, they, yeah, they had yeah. so much. They had so much more they could do, honestly. And it was, yeah, yeah. I don't know, Ty. We haven't let you talk at all, Ty. What's going on? What's, no, what's no, going no, on? Yeah, no, you're good. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here admiring because I, I personally haven't watched Daredevil. Um, Get to and- it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something that it's something that Nico has been begging me to watch for like the last year and a half. Um, but I was I just to kind of circle back to the whole streaming service and how you mentioned about how everybody thought Netflix was gonna basically die out because of Disney Plus. Um, I wanted to just kind of uh, say like my little viewpoint on it. I I thought that for a short while. But when Disney Plus came out, because everybody had such high expectations for Disney Plus, because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, it's this new streaming service. Disney has everything. We can watch everything. But that's literally all it was. It was like a time mm-hmm. volt capsule of everything we had already seen. Exactly. So like, when it first came out, everybody's just kind of like, oh, wait, this is why it's $6. You know, this is why this is why it's kind of like, I don't know. It, 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 it wasn't really interesting. You could, it was it cool to go watch. Innovative. Bam- yeah, it, it was cool to go like watch Bambi, but like, who who who's like who's gonna actually sit there and be like, man, I want yeah. to go see Bambi today. Like, it's I, cool. I have them. not watched a single thing from that Geo. No, no, but you you no. you see what I'm saying though is that yeah, like the, Disney Plus had nostalgia writing on their backs for a while, and mm-hmm. when they when when Mandalorian came out because that was a big part of Disney Plus coming in coming in, Mandalorian was really the only thing that was carrying Disney Plus on their back. And so that's really oh, what God. Netflix had going for them is that Netflix had an entire library of stuff. You wanted anime, they give you anime. You wanted yeah. drama, horror, got you. You yeah. wanted animation, like they, they're, it, it's not movie. just one genre. It's it's everything. And yeah. that's what I like about Netflix. Yeah, mm-hmm. thankfully Disney Plus got smart and they just decided to buy out Star, which was like a really small streaming service. And they just basically implemented it into theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really weird to see like you know like uh like deadpool or something like that sitting mm-hmm. like right next to the kids section and <laughs> yeah. um but like uh, it works i guess because the i think the majority of disney plus 
comes from their original shows, right? Like those shows have an immense amount of pressure to like, cause those are, those are what are going to keep the subscriptions around that weekly format of like, you got to wait the next week to get the episode. Right. And so you, without those shows, I don't think Disney plus would be doing it as well as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, not at all. For sure. I mean, I, I think that what kind of like what Disney plus has going for it right now is the fact that they are not, not releasing the entire show all at once. Like they're, they're doing the weekly basis thing, like take bad bats mm-hmm. or take, Mandalorian yeah. or it's it works I, and it, it works and it doesn't I, I feel yeah yeah it, I feel like you either make a lot of people buy your subscription or you lose a lot of customers it's not really yeah. like I don't know it's kind of like a weird balance I feel like you gain more customers than you lose just because most people are so interested into the story yeah. they don't want to like and, cancel their yeah. subscription and what's going on yeah I that's that's completely true um yeah I mean, I've got total brain lock here. Um, definitely, I'm not a huge fan of Disney's Premier Access program. That, Me neither. That is a that is yeah. a that is something that they need to figure out, and they need to figure it out quick because that what a kick in the balls that is to any Disney Plus like subscription member because it's like it's like oh you want to see this movie well you got to like pay an extra you got to pick you got to pay an extra like 20 bucks to see this movie on top of your $7 subscription a month like get out of town you guys like it, I, I especially don't... in this pandemic too like when they like i remember when they did that with Mulan which was oh. such a dumb movie oh my, oh my gosh. gosh started what Most a disappointing thing ever beautiful uh, the lion king was more disappointing um <laughs> but it, it's a it's a it's a it's a t- it's a close second let me say that but like they did that i think that was the first movie i remember seeing with their premiere access and i was just like you money sucking goblins like mm. what a like what a scam what, and- what yeah you were saying what what made you hate lion king so much because for me i knew what, what it was going to be bad when i first saw it when i first saw the trailer so do you guys got like half an hour because that's how long it's gonna take um Dude, okay wait before you touch notes. on yours let me give my like five second little yeah, yeah go ahead go ahead why, why i hated it i didn't i hated lion king with a passion because it was literally exactly word for word of what happened in the in the the uh the cartoon and to me I'm not watching to I'm not watching a live version of what I've my my past. I want to see something new, kind of a little different, you know? And yeah, that's that's just my two cents. I just hated how exact it was. Go ahead. So that is a that that's I, I'm with you on that one. Um I was kind of like okay of seeing um the same story be told because it's a Lion King, you can't change too much of it. Maybe flip some character motivations around or how certain characters interact with each other certain characters arcs that maybe aren't as vital to the story Who thought um, Seth would be a good idea <laughs> yeah he doesn't know how to sing he should stay away from musicals as long <laughs> as i live um restraining orders should be put on him for like you know, <laughs> uh all all musical theaters in new york should put restraining orders do on him. Is laugh. yeah um, <clears throat> um <laughs> hey his laugh is uh is a memorable one you hear it from a mile away and you know exactly who's laughing <laughs> oh god it's him um anyways <laughs> i the the biggest problems for me were just stemmed from its like lack of originality i'd say with so when it comes to plot but also artistic wise like like all the uh, i just can't wait to be king was one of the most memorable um, musicals from the original one in uh was it 98 or 89 it's one of those two and 
89, I think. 89? Okay, cool. And like just how vibrant it was, like colorful. Like it was just like your eyes were glued to the screen and you were just loving what is happening. There, there wasn't that in this movie. Like they 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 really like tied, they they put themselves in a tricky spot by trying to make it quote unquote live action. Although nothing's live action about lines talking. Like yeah. you guys are idiots by There's calling no it that. There's no emotion in the faces of that's, the So that's another thing as well. Like Simba dying was like, I I grieved Mufasa. for days when Mufasa died. Sorry, Mufasa. Yeah. Like I grieved for days when that happened in the original one. But in this one, you don't feel it because the char- you can't tell if the characters are feeling it. It's like they either look bored or they like they just ate a lemon. It's bored or sour. Like those are the only two emotions. Um, another thing that I hated was Beyonce in this film. I got I, I get a, I get a lot of hate for saying that. Um, but let me just say that she does, as opposed to the Nala in the original movie. The Nala in the original movie was definitely she was a plot device for Simba for sure. That's why she was there. Um, but she didn't feel like it. She did feel like her own character, um, very independent, like something like that. Kind of like you know. Two friends, I, two friends who are who like two friends whose destinies are intertwined. Yeah. Um, but they kind of like they don't like that idea. And you, but in this movie, it's like she is useless. She is I, I just she she's a great singer. Don't like Beyonce is like to, she's got one of the most God given voices of this like I don't know millennia. And mm-hmm. but in this movie, she was she was literally there to the one thing she did. She she said like. I think about the the final battle at Pride Rock, where it's all the female lions and stuff, and Beyonce jump like you know like Mufasa gets in there with a, uh, with like um, what is it, uh, Scar? Yeah, and they start going at it, and the hyenas start mad dogging like all the lady lions, yeah. and Beyonce has to literally command them to go attack. Mm-hmm. Like right, right. First of all, first of all she's not even in command like the the queen simba's mother is there like mm-hmm. she should be the one shouting that order second of all why do you need a command to do that like when you see yeah. someone squaring up with you you better square up like mm-hmm. you don't need your homie to be like all right boys this get guy. after it yeah like we're yeah. gonna go have a donny yeah. brook like don't stand on the sidelines watch it yeah like get mm-hmm. after it like there's in street fights there's no such thing as a fair street fight um oh yeah yeah, and she just she's such a terrible voice actor, unfortunately. Like her deli- her lines were delivered so like I feel like I was being hit over the head with a brick every time. That's the thing I feel like people some people don't understand though, is that voice acting is still acting. It is hundred percent. Well, before we get too far away from it, um and I might God, writers, you might hate me. I don't I honestly don't give a rats. Uh unpopular opinion. I, I actually am not a fan of Beyonce in any context whatsoever. I've never I've never cared for her music. I think she's a great talented singer and you can acknowledge talent where talents do, but I cannot listen to her for the life of me, no matter what era, no matter po- post Jay-Z or pre Jay-Z, not I don't care. I don't care about Beyonce uh, at all. She got a no. couple of bops, don't get me wrong, but same. Yeah, it's. I'd say the one song I actively listen to is um, she does a song with the Dixie Chicks, "Daddy's Lessons." She did that at the Country <laughs> Music Awards, and that that's kind of. I do like that song. I'm not gonna lie, but other than that, yeah, I'm with you guys. I don't. I'm not an avid listener. I can admire the fact that she is so so incredibly talented, like like voice wise. Like I've never heard a voice like hers. Probably never will hear a voice like hers. Um, it's like, but it's like you can acknowledge somebody's beauty without liking them. 
Yeah, you, know? you don't. You, yeah. I don't have to be like. Exactly. I, I don't know. I feel like if I'm, like, if I say that I outright don't like Beyonce, I will be burned on the cross outside in my own front yard. Like, sure, it's one of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man. Um, I just don't think that. And it's funny too because John Favreau, the guy who made Mandalorian, yeah, he made the Lion King. That's what's. Yeah. That is what's just like that thing. Like it. Like I. I spent. I spent waking hours thinking about that. Like how, how do you stoop so low? Like, how do you let Disney, like, how, how does that? I just don't get it. Honestly, like I, to this day, I don't understand. It's oh, my, my man was just down bad. This man worked on that movie for like three years. Yeah. Three years. Did they have he a gun to like change a thing? Were they holding this family hostage? Like, I don't get it. Like it's Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. Like, did they like, were like, how like how much of a drug addict was he that Disney was holding it over? I'm like, you must make this movie or else we release the photos. Like <laughs> I remember when when Lion King was getting like pushed, it was the focal point of everything. Everybody was talking about Lion King. They were like, Man, this movie's about to be the greatest ever. And I felt like when anything gets that much hype, it, you're already kind of expecting, like, oh man, it's setting itself up to fail. Yeah. So the huge marketing point for this movie was the fact that it was like for this new younger generation of kids who never got to see the original one in theaters they can now experience mm-hmm. it in theaters two reasons that sucks number one they don't get to experience the majesty that is the first one mm-hmm. number two you're introducing them to what is a far less like what is a far inferior version of a already great movie that you could get at home on a disney plus subscription of 7.99 a month as opposed to a you know Mm-hmm. ticket for four like four tickets for a family to a movie theater which is like total of like i don't know 80 bucks like yeah i, for, I don't know it just seems for, like complaining or baloney to me yeah. on going on the topic of advertisement or um marketing mulan my gosh you had every you had everything right in that in that trailer everything about that trailer was beautiful that trailer told you this is not a princess movie this is a this is a war movie and An what did opinion. they give me I, I really liked Milan um but it's okay hey, I actually hey. really did so send me your address so I can come over to your house and fight you later yeah um <laughs> no, no no like I think I, I got think you if you're going in into it Perfect. I think if you're going into it, like not expecting anything I think it's a pretty good movie personally here's here's my big problem where's Mushu Dude, where, that's true. Where, that is true. Where where is Mushu? Why is why is the, the the like the like the color of the movie? Why is he not in there? Like, why is the guy who gives life to the movie? Like, why is he not there? Number the, the two. Moment, the, sorry, real, before you get on to your number two, the moment yeah. I noticed that Eddie Murphy was not in the movie, I was already like, well, no expectations. Anymore. Yeah. Here, here's my thing. No, no, wait, no, no, wait. I want to hear Jack get to his number okay, two. Go, go ahead. I just was right, gonna say go. like it was. Like, I don't know why they decided to, like, first of all, there's huge political things surrounding the film that I'm not even going to touch on because sure. you, not my not my thing. Um, but those are a huge issue if you know what they are. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, but just with the movie itself, like uh, the weird lit, like which lady? What? what? I don't. Uh, first of all, don't understand her character. Yeah, I don't get her. Um, I, didn't I don't know why either. they didn't just. St- I don't know why they just didn't stick with uh, the, the Huns. They were they were an opposing villain in the first movie, um, and it lacked like the scene that I always remember from the original Mulan movie is the 
the a girl worth fighting for song yeah and like you know that's all happening jaders in a great movie and it just oh. cuts to, the to a horrific aftermath of a village that's been destroyed mm-hmm. like i just remember that subtle change of being like as a kid even being like oh god we're not in kansas anymore um and mulan was like i don't know they changed everything about her for the worse like her the whole thing with like she can harness her chi what what is she the iron fist like the, no what made, yeah the, no they missed the whole point of like what made mulan special in the first film which is like it, it's like a, like the whole thing like a woman can do what a man can do the yeah. message gets completely thrown out the window because you're saying exactly. she has some sort of supernatural force on her side like exactly man like my thing dude here's the thing like I, so i'm not unpopular but my thing is i don't mind it not being a musical i don't mind uh it being a comedy not being a comedy i don't mind not mushu not being in there my thing is like you were guys saying they had everything to set this up as like this amazing like war epic right the trailer was perfect you know we you can reference back the scenes of like the carnage that the huns had and it missed all of it the strength yeah. that like the amount of like work that Mulan had to put into the in the first movie to get to that level and she ends up being the best out of everyone because of her own strength that she had to build up that she had to learn gets thrown out the window because it's freaking she yeah. and er- the other thing too is like the a big part of Mulan the first movie in Mulan was you know at the end of the okay the whole thing is like honor right regaining my honor regaining my family's honor but at the end of the movie the father puts away the honor and just says I just want my daughter back. But in the end of this movie, you restored her honor. Yeah. Like you completely uh, missed over like the whole uh, point. Yeah. It's yeah. Nothing to just from a technical standpoint, the fight choreography was terrible. The uh-huh. wire work was terrible. Like it tried to be crouching tiger, hidden dragon, Yeah, but failed so hard. And you had Donnie Yen in this movie. Donnie Yen and Jet the, Li. The Ip Never Man. Yeah. What? The Ip Man himself. Yeah. And like, I don't like, it was just like, terrible i didn't i didn't feel anything in this movie like i i thought it, i thought it was the funniest death when when the witch lady died like the yes. hawk just flew from the air she's like oh and then just died <laughs> and like just in her arms and i was like well you could have like you could have like i don't know changed into human form and like reflected there like that seems within your ability or even like the the the, the huns like bori khan like he's like the the descendant of kublai khan his name like, even starts with the like beginning of boring boring <laughs> dude like why'd you die so easily cuz yeah like you was, oh my gosh i don't I, know I, it was terrible the the live actions have not done disney should just stick to original ideas are there any really live actions that you guys like no not one. Oh, that's actually a really good question because I, I got to look because I, I want to say my instinct is to say no. So I know that there's a Dumbo, there's a Mulan and there's a Lion King. I didn't watch Dumbo. I, I didn't watch Dumbo. It, I had no interest in it. Um, yeah, neither did I. Lion King was terrible. Mulan is terrible. Just, just don't do live action features. Just let animation do its thing, right? You know like, what? You know what caught my attention though? And it, it's right now. Oh, you know what? Um, I low-key kind of liked Aladdin. Aladdin? Uh, terrible. You thought it was terrible? I kind I of thought, thought it was terrible. Too I know, I know that I know that Will Smith had no intention of trying to one-up Robin Williams, who will forever be the definitive genie. Yeah. But he still sucked, man. Like he still sucked. And Will Smith can't be anything else but Will Smith. 
Yeah, Will Smith is yeah, just Will Smith in every role he like, plays. Except for After Earth. After Earth was one of his dumbest roles. Yeah. Facts. Well, I, that was more focused on Jaden, right? Uh, yeah, but still, take... Uh, they should have... They should have... They should have re- reversed personalities. You have one of the most characters. Legend. I Am Legend's good. That's because he had actual direction. And I think the director actually put his foot down on a couple of things. Like, no, this is how the character acts. This is how you're going to act. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the problem with After Earth is you take one of the most charismatic personalities in Hollywood, Will Smith, and make him one of the most stoic, stonewalled, cold characters in the movie. And then you take Jaden Smith, who has probably no personality because he's a teenager, and right. try and make him all charismatic and relatable. Reverse those roles and you have a good movie. Um, yeah, Aladdin. It's, yeah, I couldn't even remember. It. That's how forgettable it was. And that's the problem with all these live actions. They're so forgettable and they will forever be forgettable. Mm-hmm. So. Understandable, yeah. yeah. Honestly, I kind of like Beauty and the Beast, but yeah. you know, I kind of like Beauty and the Beast. Be- and then there was also a Cinderella one, dude. That was the first oh, the one Cinderella they ever did. <laughs> I I didn't even see the Cinderella one. Like I, I didn't fell like asleep the in the theater. Did you know? There was like cool. I, I fell asleep. It, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> you say go. go ahead, you go. No, no, no. You go. You go. We we went to go watch it opening night. I'm not even not even kidding. Not even kidding. There's four of us, and I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, Opening we watched night. it. We watched it on a on a school night. It was, I think it was a Wednesday night, and it was like really random and out of character for my mom to take us that day. But mm-hmm. it was like my, I think my dad was in Colorado or something, and she was just kind of like, "Let's go do something fun. Like let's like it's a Wednesday night. Let's go watch it." And it was a waste for the most part. Like yeah. I remember kind of liking it, but not really being like. I don't, I, I don't when people say Cinderella I think with, with remakes I think some director's goals is to make people think of like okay when you think of this movie you think of their movie right so when you think of Cinderella you still kind of think about the original Cinderella you don't really think about like oh wow this remake is still here I kind of pushed that out of my brain that, that was even a thing I forgot it was even existed thanks for reminding me Nico yeah I I did that, but whatever. Um, oh, 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 there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say I fell asleep in Man of Steel. Yo, facts. Sorry. <laughs> okay, Nico, just put in the in the chat. Let's do a quick podcast, guys. Yeah. Because right before we recorded this, yeah, we really did say. It, I did yeah. like Man of Steel, but I'm not gonna lie. I didn't. I I enjoyed. I, yeah, you're saying. I just didn't like it. I fell asleep. I I don't think Zack Snyder gets Superman. I, I don't I totally understand why a lot of people didn't like it, but I like I like the, the tone. I will say I did enjoy the tone, but everything else after that was. If it was any other movie but a Superman movie, it'd be okay. Just mm-hmm. Zack Snyder doesn't get superhero. Like, yeah, oh, I'm gonna get so much hate for saying this, but I agree with Warner Brothers when I say that they shouldn't. I think Warner Brothers understood that they messed up with getting Zack Snyder to do their superhero movies because Zack Snyder's superheroes aren't superheroes. No, they are freaking war criminals. Like Superman yeah. destroys half of Metropolis battling Zod. Yeah, like no word of a lie. Like he kills. You even see it in uh, Batman vs Superman. The opening yeah. scene is him killing innocent people, mm-hmm. and everyone still loves him. And oh, yeah. also Batman's. Zach, yeah, except for and then also Zack Snyder's Batman is a killer, which like cool. Just mm, wasn't doing it. Martha. So, okay. 
I, I know we're going to say a quick podcast, but can I pitch this to you guys? How it'd actually be a good, that, that Martha scene would be a good scene. Okay. Okay. So let's pitch this in a hypothetical universe where Zack Snyder's Batman is not a killer, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is so Batman, he experiences this event where he sees Superman destroy Metropolis fighting Zod, right? And he, he then vows it to himself. He's going to destroy Superman because he, he, it's about, it's a very Batman thing to do. He understands the threat that Superman poses. Mm-hmm. And so you, we get to this, you see Bruce, we like battle through beat Clark and all that. And he gets into that, that scene where he has the spear. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's this line that, um, that uh, Bruce says, which I think would work really well if he wasn't a killer up to this point where he says, you weren't, you were never a God. You weren't even a man. Like in my mind, if you think that in this hypothetical universe, Batman is not a killer, that is Batman trying to justify to himself that he is not taking a person's life, mm-hmm. right? Like he is trying to justify to himself that this is just an, okay. this is, this is, this is something that has to be done. This is not a person. This is not a human being. He is not breaking a rule here. He is doing what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. He put, you know, he puts his foot on his throat, you know, Clark is shaking with fear. And then Clark says the line, you know, Martha, mm-hmm. you're letting him kill Martha, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, Batman's going to freak the crap out. Like, that's his PTSD kicking in. Like, yeah. But in the midst of that, Batman realizes something. Like, he realizes that he's become that bullet that took everything from him. He's become Joe Chill, the very mm-hmm. thing that he swore to destroy, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. And that's God. why he's like, why did you say that name? Like, you know, he's like, it's two sides of them finally battling against each other. And then Lois rushes and it's like, it's his mother's name. That's when it hits him. Mm-hmm. I think Superman. Yeah, yeah, super. Okay. Sorry, I was just going to finish, but that's okay. when it hits him. Superman is a man. Mm-hmm. He has a mother. He has a father. Well, he doesn't have a father in this universe, but he has a mother. He's yeah. no different. He's no different than Batman. And that's when Batman chucks the spear away. Mm-hmm. Dude. I think we need, we would need prologue to that though, because if he could kill Superman just because he didn't think he's a man, but he won't kill Joker after everything that's happened. See, that's that's the thing that Zack Snyder... See, that's why I don't think Zack Snyder understands Batman especially. Mm-hmm. is because if Batman's willing to kill people, why hasn't... Why is Joker not dead? Why, why is Joker... He would, Joker would be the first person that Batman would kill. Like, wow. like, the whole thing I always say is that the Batman and Joker relationship is a very, very messed up love story very toxic very very messed up like the joker is infatuated with batman like he he is so enthralled with batman's whole no killing rule and just trying to prove to batman that they're not different mm-hmm. and batman in a way just can't can't seem to let go of the joker because he sees the joker in himself. he sees that line that is so very thin separating him and the joker and he's trying to so very hard tell joker that he can come back to batman's side mm-hmm. and it's crazy because we think even about that dynamic like how you know obviously joker is toxic but even look at how batman is toxic in that sense look what happened with jason todd in red hood did you watch it yep oh yeah i have the the oh it's not in here but i have the comic i have under the red hood yeah my favorite dc th- anything absolutely i love that movie i know some people aren't crazy on it love that movie but it's that one line where he says you know i thought I thought he, I'd be the last person you let him take from me. You know, it's not, he says, he says like, I forgive you for not saving me. Why? But why is he still alive? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, 
we, we think, you know, we think Batman is right for not killing Joker because he's trying to keep that sense of morality. But look, look what he's allowing to happen. Yeah. I, I remember reading a line that sums it up so well that if Batman kills injustice, he then becomes injustice. He then becomes that thing that he swore. Like, again, it is all Batman's whole thing. The pain and torture that he puts himself through is just so that there's never another boy in an alley who has to sit in the blood of his own parents. Mm -hmm. And like, no, he that's his whole thing is making sure that no one ever has to feel that way. And so when you straight up nerd, yeah. And so, dude, I don't know what's going on here, but like if you if like if you don't understand the fact that the goons that Batman kills, especially like. I like I know it's a great scene. Everyone loves it, but the warehouse fight scene in Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. it's it's a cool fight scene. But Batman yeah. does this thing where he jumps over a box, th- mm-hmm. shoots this grappling gun behind him, mm-hmm. throws this box, and it like caves in a like yeah, it like crushes like a goon's skull. These goons that he's killing, they have families, they have children. Oh so my- why on why on bat why why on Superman's green earth? Would Batman want to subject someone to that same pain that he felt as a kid? That makes well, no sense in his character arc. A, a wise man, a, a wise man once said to me, "It's not until you're lost when you truly find yourself." So maybe from, oh. or Korra? What was that? Is that from Legend of Korra? No, no. That was or did random. you find that on? Or did oh, I thought you were going to say you found that on some like Google inspiration like <laughs> no, 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 just no. page. No, was that's that like I ran. That's Ramsey. Oh, okay. Oh. He's yeah. a friend of ours. Uh, no. Ramsey's a good friend of ours. Um, yeah. And the reason why I say that is because I don't know. Nah, I don't know. This is that's just kind of like what that reminded me of your whole like yeah, yeah. vivid picture of like man. It's not until you're truly like far gone until you find yourself and you're like, dang, this is what's yeah. actually happened to myself. And I really like that. That was a really nice way of putting it. By the way, dude. You know, going back really quick because I think we should really end it soon because this is like an hour and a half podcast. <laughs> But dude, we've been really on Zoom cool. for three hours. <laughs> I've been on I'm okay Zoom. with it. I'm okay I with it. it. Yeah. Dude, what no, but going back to the goon thing, this is why I can't watch action movies anymore, man. Because there's you know, I'm all about nuance and and um the other side of a story. And why there's so many, why why is it so okay to kill goons? Like people, you know, what if these guys they're not bad? What if they're just there because they need a job? Yeah, straight up. No, it's yeah, it's <laughs> It and that's something that I don't think that we're ever going to export. It's literally they're just things for people to hit, right? So I've always, yeah, I've always wanted to make my own movie or write my own script, and that's always been the premise of what I wanted to write about. I've always wanted to have an kind of like I've kind of, I I want to pitch this to Hector, but like have a have a Batman short film, mm-hmm. but from this perspective of just like an average day criminal. Like, and then kind of have like, you know, criminal going through the motions in Gotham. And then like the final, I don't know, scene or whatever is like, boom, lights go out. And then you just hear all your friends just start getting picked off one by one stealthily by Batman. Yeah. And then the final thing is you just see like white eyes in the darkness and then just mm-hmm. Batman lunge towards you. Yeah. And then that's where like, I, Cut the black. I yeah, it just, it would, you know, it would human, humanize a little bit, just kind of the people that Batman is beating up and stuff which again if he's beating them up that's fine because they just go to the hospital but if he's killing them it's a completely different story yeah right and it's like yeah i just don't 
and it makes it made the Snyder cut of the Justice League that much harder to believe. Mm-hmm. I don't because I don't think like there's nothing redeemable about this Batman. Like, mm-hmm. like, and the fact too, which really something that really bugged me is that Batman works with Commissioner Gordon. You see him in a scene with Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. Commissioner, by the mother freaking book, Gordon would work with a Batman who brands and kills people. That yeah, that right there makes oh. no sense. Like when we think to like the killing joke or something like that, where the mm-hmm. Joker tries to make Commissioner Gordon go insane. Yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't go insane and he wants Batman to arrest the Joker. He doesn't want him to kill him. But does Joker him? Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. The Joker, the Joker, like legitimately, like he paralyzed Barbara Gordon, his Mm -hmm. own daughter. And Commissioner Gordon is still like, this guy is going to jail. He is not going to die tonight. Mm -hmm. Like no sense. Just makes Mm -hmm. no sense. That is why I'm like, Warner Brothers, I think they made the right call with not letting Zack Snyder come back. I know I'm in the minority when it comes to that. But I, I think, think they realized I think they realized that Zack Snyder was not making heroes. He was making war criminals. So I want to go way deeper into this, but it's pretty much neurology at that point. We got it's true. It's yeah, true. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna, I know. My, yeah. my last little point before we wrap up okay. uh, when, it com- when, it, when it comes to the Snyder cut, because uh, I didn't actually watch it. I I felt like it was too long. And by the time I was getting home from work, my dad had already started it. And I was like, man, I ain't trying to. I'm trying to sit through this. Like if he's yeah. already like half an hour in, I'm not trying to like join in at an untimely time, but from what I've heard, it's not really worth it to go back and watch it. Um, but from what I saw, cause I obviously walked through the living room when my dad was watching it, dude, what the heck was up with the camera? Like with, with the whole like three, four shot angle, you know, like, or what's it called? Uh, um, thing. Why the, can't the, I, the, as- framing? the aspect, the aspect, aspect ratio, ratio. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was Zack Snyder's own thing. He said like, it was to make these, uh, icons appear larger than life like you know like these gods appear like you know like they're they're big and they take up the whole screen problem with that is when you're making an action sort of like superhero war epic uh not seeing what's going on on the entire screen when you could utilize a whole frame like a regular cinema aspect at a movie theater like Mm -hmm. it very much feels like you're missing out on a lot of the action Mm -hmm. um even though you're not like everything is tailored towards the aspect ratio but it just feels like that and another thing too i don't know if you guys noticed but I sent it to Hector. We talked about it on our podcast. 20% of this movie is in slow motion. Yeah, oh, yeah, I did. I heard you talk about this. I heard you talk about this. 20%. I didn't hear it, but I, I know what you're talking about. It's, he, I don't know why, but like too much. It, it made the final flash scene where he goes back in time. Uh, we talk, Again, this is all stuff you can go listen to on the neurology, but I talk about how it made it so much, like it just made it redundant because yeah. it was just like another, like, are you kidding me, Zach? Like, Jesus, Zachary! Like enough with the slow motion. Like, yeah, that's like that that's was my whole thing. thing yeah, it, Zach need. Yeah, it's, I don't know what. I, I guess there must be a slow motion fetish there or something. But like, yeah. Zachary <laughs> Edward Snyder needs to back off. A, a good, a good slow motion scene or scene is best used when it's unexpected and catches you off guard. Right, the Quicksilver scene from X Men. Is a future past. Yes, that right? was that was that was great. It, it just it fully emerges you, and then you're just like, yeah, word. It had tight. St- it, it had was, style. It, it had flair. It was like you got to like see him set up, like all these goons to like all these yeah. like guards to hit each other, and then it goes back to full speed, and you see mm-hmm. the aftermath of it, and that's good. 
yeah, that's that, like, too, oh my, yeah, you're saying it's go all ahead. good. It's all good, dude. And Ty, that, I'm so sorry. I'm, Me and Nico yeah, have been like, we've been dude, dude. ragged on you in this podcast. Don't <laughs> even trip. I, I, I appreciate it because when I go back and listen to it, I'm gonna be like, man, these guys are bringing up some good points just because I, I won't lie. There's been a couple of times where I've zoned out. I'm watching a hockey game at the moment. Um, oh yeah what, which yeah. one are you watching which one are you want uh, oh boy here we go the the golden knights and the avalanche uh, the game's already oh, over yeah. but i'm oh, okay re-watching it. Okay, and i was cool. watching i watched the winnipeg jets and the uh the, oh who is it the oilers that they're playing did um, you watch maple leaf and ha- maple leafs and haps yeah that was a bad one that was a horrible was the, lonely i my my cousin brandon he's uh he's a maple leaf fan i really felt for oh tell him I, I, it was I'm praying for him yeah, it was rough, man. I don't want to get too much into that either because, like I said, yeah. we got to wrap up. But, like, yeah, yeah, um, rough. Oh, dang. I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, it was about the slow motion thing. Um, when it comes to slow motion, like, when if you're if you're having it too much, it's like it's almost like when somebody says a joke, right? Let's say, like, I hit it, I said a joke and it didn't quite land with you guys. And I just like can, kept repeating the joke. Like, that's kind of like what the slow motion felt feels like if it's too much. It's just like, yeah. Dude, it didn't land that's, the first that's time. That's why so. I can't watch the flash, man. That's why I cannot watch the flash. It's all slow motion. Yeah, the flash. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't speak for what the flash I feel is like now. Flash I, makes I don't sense, even... though. Flash makes sense because it's a fast but, character. Yeah, it's it's. But even so, it'd be kind of fun to see like it, it, just a couple scenes where it's like the flash, like just do something really quick, and you don't really know what happened. But it's like it just happened, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. The Snyder cut isn't for me. Snyder isn't for me. We're in the we're in the we're in the minority here, but yeah, we really got to wrap up. So yeah, all right, writers. Well, thank you. For I got to piss like a racehorse right now, <laughs> dude. So. I, I I walked out earlier. I had I had to I had to pee. I won't lie. Yeah. Uh, but all right, writers. Thanks so much for listening to the ride podcast, writers. Um, if you really listened to this whole episode, what is wrong with you? Kudos to you. Yeah, kudos <laughs> to you. Thank you for joining me on this journey as well, guys. Thanks for doing this. This was awesome. Thank you yeah, for dude. coming on today, my guy. Yeah, it was we'll awesome. Have, we'll, we'll have you on again for sure. This is this is a lot of fun. And then Sick. um just for reference for those, if you did listen to the whole podcast at the beginning when we were joking about um doing a podcast with him, we actually did record the, a, a podcast with him and his co-host at Nerdology. Uh, but you guys will see that you guys will hear that in the coming future. Uh, that's gonna be an awesome podcast. But Jay and Jack, love you, man. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. If you guys ever come to Vancouver and need somewhere to stay, just call me. Thanks, bro. Not not all the listeners, but just you guys. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. I don't run. I I don't run a hostel. All right, writers. Take it easy. Love you. Sleep well. Drive safe. Good night.